0: We would like to acknowledge the Gadigal peoples of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay our respects to their elders past,
1: present and future.
0: Welcome to Sit With Us, the podcast. I'm Ella. And I'm Dom. And this is your invite to sit with us and chat about all things relationships, reality TV, pop culture, and everything in between. It is
1: inclusive. Mm. It is no matter who, no matter where you are in the world. Come sit with
0: us. Come listen. Come chat. Mm. Come engage. Hold on. It's about to get real. Yo, yo, yo. one, two, one, two, bitch. Bitch. (laughs) I actually love saying that. I never say it. It's so fun. But guys, welcome back. Welcome back to this special bonus app just for you
1: guys. In today's episode, we're answering your questions that you've asked Ella and I on our Facebook group. And if you aren't part of the Facebook family, then
0: what you doing? Then you better go and become a member. But I also want to say we can't obviously answer all the questions because there was a lot. There was a lot of questions. So what we did, we kind
1: of went through and we saw which ones not only resonated, I guess, with us and, and they're things that we can give our opinion on, but also things that you guys interacted with in the post as well. So. Mm-mm.
0: And I think as well, they're good topics. They're very broad and we couldn't do a lot only because Dom and I, obviously we know how to talk and we, we both want to answer the questions each because we'll have different opinions and we'll have different views.
1: Yeah, and we want to answer them properly as well yeah. and, and give you guys a pretty, you know, solid explanation of what we're trying to say. So here's the first one.
0: So the first one's from Emily and her question is, how do you guys navigate and feel about being single in your late 20s, especially when Ella was saying that she's the last of her friends to be in a relationship? So guys, I'm 28. For those who didn't know, I turned 28 this year. Yeah. I've been single since I was 18, 19 and I've gone through ups and downs. Right now I'm on probably the up. When I was 21 to about 25, that's when it was really hard for me. Was just constantly rejected. I was putting myself out there. No guy wanted to commit. They were just fuck boys. I didn't respect myself. You know, I was going on dates and going home with them because that was my way of feeling validated or wanted. But they weren't wanting the same thing that I wanted. And you know what as well, just because I go on a great date and I go home with a guy, in their mind it's like, oh, she's going to be easy. But for them it's like, oh, cool, he's a player. But it's like, well, if I'm going home with you after the first date, that doesn't mean I don't want to see you again, but I feel like men think.
1: Exactly. And this is such a big issue, man. Yeah, it is. Well, what if we vibe? What mm. if I'm horny? You're horny. We're two consenting adults. Mm. What if we do want to have sex on the first date? Mm. It doesn't mean I don't want to see you again. I think yeah. it's, it's this made up thing that I, I reckon it's come from the sprouting of online dating mm. and, and the culture of next, next, next Mm. swipe and it being so easy to get another person, I think that's where it comes from because what if you really like someone and you want to sleep with them. Who cares? But also, on the other hand, if you were just horny and you want to have a one-night stand, Mm. who cares? Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean either.
0: But I feel like I did that for such a long time. So I made a decision. I mean, I went through, guys, I literally have been through quite the journey. Like I even read a book and decided to go celibate. Um, I can't believe
1: this. When she told me this. Wow. Like when I was just, I was a man
0: hater. And I think when you are single for a long time and you experience a lot of rejection, you become a man hater. And I realized this is not the way I want to be because I love men. I think men are amazing in so many amazing ways. And so I was reading this book and I was like, I'm going to become celibate. And I remember I was at my first beauty job and I was telling the girls this and they were like, go for it. Do it. I think I lasted about eight months.
1: Eight months is ages. Yeah, Eight months is a
0: long time. And I think the next person that I did just decide to sleep with was someone that I really liked at the time. But it's been quite the journey of navigating through being single in your 20s because, yes, I am the last one standing. You know, my best friends are engaged. I've been a bridesmaid already a few times. My best friends have had babies. There's babies on the way. They're on their second they're buying houses, yeah, they've bought puppies.
1: But this all comes back to everyone being on their of own course. path and their own journey and understanding yeah. that. And
0: but the way that it's made me feel because I am that last person standing and I think, you know, Emily, you're asking how to navigate through it. I guess everyone always says, you know, you can't compare. But look, I will admit for me because that's always been what I have truly and deeply with my being wanted, wanted for yeah. such a long time. And, you know, all my girlfriends know that I am deserving. I know that I am deserving of having that and it just never worked for me. So, it, I'm telling you, it has been hard. Being a bridesmaid for, you know, one of my best friend's wedding, it was so emotional and beautiful and I'm so happy for all of them. And I just, I can't wait to have it and I want it. But I really do believe that we do all have our own path and I do believe that there is someone out there. I don't believe that there are is always just one person that you might be in love with because I've already been in love once. You know, I do believe that you can fall in love in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, like I don't
1: believe age. that there's just one true love for everyone. Yeah, I neither
0: think do I. Love
1: is something that we can't touch. It's not something that we mm. can explain either. And mm. I think, you know, it, yeah, it being something we can't explain, mm. I don't know why we try and make it this tangible concept. Yeah, Love is something that we will never explain. It's kind of like god or the universe mm. we're never going to be able to explain it love and the feeling of when we fall in love mm. or what even that feeling is is so yeah beyond us and so much bigger than just us as human beings yeah. and i think you know for me personally you know i've been married and divorced and you know that i, I thought you know oh great you know i'm married i'm 27 and Mm. I'm I'm getting along there, you know. Soon I'll have a kid. And, but, you know, things change. And, Mm. you know, my marriage ended and I'm not where I thought I'd be at the age of 29. I'm Mm. 30 next year, which, you know, sometimes scares me. I I do have moments. And I'll be honest with you, Emily, you know, I have moments where I feel a bit down and I feel like, oh my God, I'm not where I thought I'd be at this age. But, you know, I
0: then look back on all the amazing things that I've done. The last 10 years of being single, I have traveled the world. Right. I've had a business. I owned a business with my brother for three years and I ran it. I moved to the Philippines. I opened a call center over there by myself. I have changed careers. I've gone back to uni. I feel like I've done all these things that maybe when I was in a relationship or if I was in one, it could have changed all of those visions. So, I think what it comes down to is whatever age you are at and if you are single and you're the last one standing, you must change the mindset and take back the control of being single in an empowering way. Because you have, like I think I said in the previous episode, Tomorrow you could literally meet that person and never have that independence or freedom on your own ever again. So you got to take every day as it comes, but look at it in a strong, confident, empowering way. Because I do love dating and I do love being single and I can have so much fun. Dating
1: is really fun. I think, you know, look, when I decided that I wanted to go on maths, it was, you know, after the divorce and then going into COVID, you know, during lockdown, there wasn't really any opportunities to you know, date and meet new people. So it was a lot of online dating and Bumble and Hinge and all of those other things. Now I've, I've learned again, and I've, I've opened myself up to dating. It can be fun meeting new people, putting yourself out there. And, you know, I think it's just finding the beauty in it. And really, you know, it is, it's, it's navigating through life. Life is hard. There's ups and downs. It's always going to be difficult, but I think just finding your own path and knowing that it's okay and just
0: try, try your Goddamn, best not to compare it to your friends.
1: Yes, yeah. comparison is the—I don't know what the, that quote is, but yeah. it's the sucker of life. Really, yes. I think, you
0: can't.
1: I always think to myself, "Oh my god, why do I compare myself to those girls I see on Instagram that don't have cellulite?" I'm like, yeah. "Mate, they've got cellulite. They're yeah. just posting, a, you know, this beautiful picture on Instagram because that you can't even see their cellulite." And it's the same with you know relationship pictures. I would always. You know, see pictures of my girlfriends in, in their so called happy relationships. And then the next week they, they break up. So you really just don't know. People can post shit. They post their highlight reels. So just
0: don't compare yourself. It's just not worth it. So yeah, I hope Emily, that was a good bit of advice or guidance or insight to the way that, you know, me and Dom both deal with being in our 20s and not being on that same path as our friends. Okay. Next question.
1: So this question comes from Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Her question is, in your own way, describe how your perspective changed over the years when it comes to dating, managing through the good and the bad in relationships. How did those past experiences shape and form your perspective today? Oh my God, that's actually such a brilliant question. And oh my God, my past experiences have shaped me and have trained me and have made me to
0: be the person I am today, especially with dating.
1: In life in general, but in dating, I've learned so much. And I, you know, honestly, I feel as though those difficult situations, the heartaches that you go through, the breakups, the, you know, the misogynist guys that might say things that hurt your feelings and all of that, all of that stuff really shaped me into being the woman that I am today.
0: Yeah. And you know, my three situationships that I've had over the past 10 years, yes, they ended, but they're the three best experiences I've had as an adult. And I am so thankful that I got to be in their life. I'm still friends with them, even though it didn't work out. Which but, I think is amazing that you can still be friends. I, I really, like, I have a lot of respect for that. Well, I guess, you know, it came down to them not being ready. That's always what the conversation okay, is. Okay, so
1: it wasn't like there anything happened. No, like there's they no hate. They, yeah. they just weren't
0: ready to commit and be in a relationship and, you know, I can't hate them for it. I can't force them to do that. So, you know, yeah, it was bad at the time because I was upset and I was heartbroken. But in hindsight of it all, I look back and those memories with those three guys, I like, I'm so grateful for. So it was bad at the time, but it's overall for me, it's good. I don't know. Like I always see every situation, even a bad date, I can turn it into a good date because it's my time. Time is very valuable and very precious. And I just always see things in a positive way.
1: Amen, girl. Honestly. Unless,
0: unless it is guys that are just jerks and, you know, gaslight you and.
1: And they are, and there are, yeah. you know, there are, but there are also women that are bitches and there are also women that don't take into consideration men's feelings.
0: Yeah. So it, go,
1: it goes both ways, it but. It does. You know, Truly, I think, Jordan, it's such a great question because mm. everyone can relate to this in yeah. some form or another. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It's just relationship in general. Yeah. You know, even within my family, I've mm. had some really tumultuous relationships with my brother in particular. You know, my mm. older brother, mm. we we have a very weird relationship. Not weird. It's kind of, you know, It's it's not where I would want a brotherly relationship to be. Mm. I, w- I would wish that we be, would be closer, but, mm. you know, we're just different people and yeah. sometimes that happens as well in romantic relationships. Yeah. And it's just the understanding that comes from that and yeah. learning and, and growing from those experiences. Yeah,
0: and I think all of the different experiences that I've had, whether it is a one-night stand, whether it's a great date or a shit date or a great situationship or a not-so-good one, my perspective and how it's changed over time is that you can't compare every guy as well. Like we always we always compare, oh, well, I felt this way and that way or when I was in love, it felt different. Okay, well, every time you're in love, it's going to be different. It's going to feel different because, one, you might be older. You might be at a different stage in your life, so it's not going to feel the same. And they might be fulfilling something that you didn't need to be fulfilled three years ago with the other person. So you also cannot compare each man that you date.
1: Exactly, well. because you've grown, you've changed, you've learnt, you've evolved, mm. and your needs and your wants change as mm. you get older. I know they have for me. Like what I wanted as a 21-year-old mm. definitely is not what I want now. Like now I want a man that is considerate, is yeah. a gentleman, w- remembers what wine I drink, remembers yeah. the little things. Yeah. That's the stuff that makes me, you know, mm. attracted to someone. That mm. That's what means a lot to me mm. now. So you evolve
0: you know, I wouldn't change any of my experiences as as shit as they were. I actually just wouldn't change any of them because even the last guy that I dated for five months, you know, he was 41, he had a kid. And if things didn't end with him, I wouldn't have gone on maths. You know, I'd never wanted kids before meeting his son. And I think the purpose of that relationship was his son. Like I got to see myself being maternal. I've never had that in me ever. And yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, I just wouldn't change any of my experiences to this day. Same, honestly, as much as they were really hard, yeah. The things that have happened
1: and of that I've gone through, I wouldn't change them because i learned so much. And the same as with you, if I didn't go through the crap I've been through, I wouldn't have ended up on maths. And, exactly. I, and yeah. I, and the experience yeah. that the experiment was in itself mm. and the relationship that I had with Jack, like, oh my God, that's mm. something that I will cherish forever. And mm. we have such a brilliant relationship now. Yes, it isn't romantic, but. We know who we both are and we know that what we went through and how
0: genuine we both were mm-hmm. in the experiment. I mean, for me, like, I, you know, I actually just watched my wedding night on From maths and My Final Vows the other night. It again. Yeah, yeah, and, like, you know, I only watch my favourite episodes of me and Mitch, which was those because, well, Final Vows was actually terrible, my mistake. But I can still look back on my experience with Mitch and be very happy because yes, we might not be friends anymore. And that's, you know, that's his choice, but I don't, you know, I don't hate him. And I had an amazing time in there and yes, it was negative and toxic in ways, but overall we had such an amazing time. And I thank him for that. You know, he was my partner in maths and we got to share this amazing experience together. It was like a four or five month relationship, more maybe. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'd never lived with a guy either before. I'd never had to go to the toilet doing number twos with a man who was there 24-7. That was my biggest fear moving in with a guy, especially a guy that looked like Mitchell. I was like, oh my God, this guy is going to know that I need to go to the toilet and I have like issues and oh my God. But Mitchell was always like, Weirdly obsessed with poos. He kind of was. He was like weirdly obsessed with poos. Which was great for me because I was like so anxious about poos and having that conversation. Honeymoon, I didn't poo for five days. Like, You would have been so constipated. We went to the chemist and we had to go buy this. Did you get a suppository? no? Or did you put something up your arm? Yeah. You did it. It was so bad. Did it make it come? Um, Not very well, but I I remember we bought it when we got back to Sky Suites (gasps) and I said to him, Mitch, you need to leave the apartment. I had to lie, like you had to insert it and lie down on your side. Are you kidding me? I've always wanted to do one. No, most painful thing ever. It burnt. It literally hurt my inside so much. I don't actually think they're good for you. In your asshole or it hurt your intestines? Both. It was the most- Oh my God. It was the worst thing I ever did. And I would never, I would never honestly suggest anyone to do it unless you are told by your doctor because it was not a pleasant experience and I was in pain for three days. All right. Next question is from Shay. Your question is how to be confident in my body and myself again after so many changes in my life, how to tackle anxiety and your best tips and tricks to help overcome it or relax it.
1: Oh, wow, so this is a really big question, um, and there's a two part here. so I'll start out I guess with the how to be confident in your body and be confident in your changes. you know, as we age, as we get older, our body goes through changes, as does our mind. But I think you know seeing your body go through those changes, whether that be it's harder to lose weight or it's harder to gain weight, even, you know, yeah. some people have this, that
0: opposite issue, and also, you know, seeing your skin change, seeing your hair change, everything' Things sagging, stretch marks, like. You know, sunspots, freckles, wrinkles, hair. Like, I've got hair growing on my face like no tomorrow. I have to get it lasered. I've got gray hairs coming out.
1: I saw them the other week and I was like, oh, wow. But you know, my perspective on it is I oh, look, I see like a frown line or I see a smile line or, you know, I, you know, my, my tits aren't maybe as perky as what they were when I was 21. But all these little things, I think, wow, I've lived. Mm. Wow. This is a body that's lived almost 30 years on this yes. earth.
0: Yeah. But I also think, for me, like, being confident and feeling good, for me, you got to work at it. Like, I... Oh, it you takes work. Yeah, like, like... You don't
1: just wake up and No, go, I
0: exercise. Be like, I do everything. Like, I take care of my skin. You know, I'm healthy. I don't drink a lot anymore. Like, I try to eat very healthy. Like, being confident for me is what I'm doing for my body and my skin and my mind. And it's not just something that you can do overnight. I've been working on it literally since I was 18. I've gone through, you know, binge eating disorders, body dysmorphia, acne. I've definitely been through. A fair bit. They're all still things I'm literally still working yeah. on. I think you
1: you work through it till the day you die.
0: Honestly, yeah. like you know, gotta also set goals. Like I'm so like that. I set goals whether it's exercise, whether it's eating, whether it's sleeping, whether it's journaling off social media. Like they're the things that make me feel confident. If I can tick off my list on my little whiteboard, cool, I did this for one hour. Then I'm gonna feel better about myself, and that contributes to your confidence. So. I'm very like that. I'm a to-do list kind of person. Yeah, I think for me, you know, it comes down to feeling good
1: in my body. So whether that be going for a walk, you know, eating healthy, not drinking as much, sitting in the sunshine or talking to my mom or my friend, doing things that make me feel good, Mm. that's where I start. If I feel good inside, I start to exude a different kind of confidence And it really does start from within. And I know it can be hard, guys, because when I'm busy, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I talk about this with Ella all the time. When I'm busy, I eat shit food. I don't sleep as well. I don't drink as much water. I lean for the sugar. I go for the sugar. and But it, it doesn't help. For me, it really does start within. Yeah. Th- that's where the confidence comes from. It mm. comes from feeling good, mm. not just looking good on the outside, like obviously like taking care of your yeah. your, your physical appearance, you know, working out or going for a walk, doing, mm. you know, doing a little workout at home and feeling strong.
0: But even just like putting a lippy on, like, you know, there is a saying, if you f- look good and you feel good, you're going to perform better. So like when I would go to my jobs, like when I would work in the office or in the beauty salon, I would put extra effort in because I would look in the mirror and be like, girl, you look good. So you work better because you feel better. Oh, 100%. If I'm having an off day mentally, like if I wake up and I'm not feeling
1: confident, I'm feeling super anxious, which I do guys, like let's be honest, once a month, you know, a few days before my period, I am like a nervous wreck. I feel like shit. I don't want to go out in the world, but the reality of it is we've got to work. We've got to, we've got to show up. We've got to do things. So when I'm not feeling confident, the, thing for me that I do is I I block out time, I do my skincare routine, I put some music on, probably Drake. He's my hype man. I do my makeup. I use the products that I love and that I know make me look good and make me feel good. And then that's the start of yeah.
0: You know? And if you're feeling like, I mean, I know I need this at least one or two day and night a week. But for me, if I'm busy and I've had so much on, I just haven't had me time. I literally sit in bed, I have a shower, I wash my face, I do the same sorts of things. But for me, I do, you know, meditation, I do breath work, I do every single night before bed when I'm alone usually because I know that people don't like to listen to music, but I do listen to meditation music.
1: No, I like it. You you had it on the other night. Yeah, I like it. No, that helped me fall asleep. remember when I slid into the bed at 11. yeah, I did have it on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I sleep with that on every single night and that's how i go to sleep and it makes me feel so calm when i wake up it just i don't know it does things but it's not for everyone like i totally get that no, and everyone's got to find their thing yeah, you know
1: find, you your, got to find thing your thing that them you know, calms you or, mm. or helps you or makes you feel confident. Look, going to the anxiety thing, look, I've mm. dealt with anxiety and depression since I was 16 years old. And trust me, I've got every trick in the book. And I'll tell you what my little trick is. And it's odd and it's, you know, I mean, look, it's odd, but whatever. Everyone's got their own little thing. But for me, I carry around Vicks. I don't know if people in different countries have Vicks, but it's like Vicks vapor rub. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's when got, sick. yeah, it's got um like menthol and like lavender and, for me, when I smell Vicks, it instantly calms me. Really? So, Vicks is like my my safety blanket almost. Yeah. So, I carry it around. It's literally in my bag here. Mm. I carry it every flight I'm on, where, mm. wherever I go. It's yeah. always in my bag. And if I'm feeling a little bit anxious before I get out of the car, I've got a yeah. meeting or something, I'll just smell my Vicks. I put some on my the, in the inside of my wrist or like
0: a little bit on my chest. Yeah. And it just calms my nerves. Wow. See, so I don't really – look, I – Do you have something like that? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, mine's – I don't really get it during the day, but, I mean, I didn't have anxiety before maths. So I di- I don't have it, like, crazy now, but, like, after maths, I definitely had a few occasions and I think you were with me for, like, my first or second yeah, when I had, like, my hard. little anxiety attack and we were at a bar and I had, like, a couple of sips of a drink and got really dizzy and lightheaded and I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. I need to sit down. and I'm more aware of it now, but I have like before bed, you know, I roll on essential oils on my wrists. I've got one next to my bed, but no, I don't really suffer from anxiety ever like it's very rare I mean I haven't had anything like that episode since I was with you which was like what five months ago so
1: you're very lucky that you don't suffer from
0: anxiety people that
1: don't I think we all do at some level or or some point in our lives but yeah yeah, that night that you had that panic attack I I, honestly I instantly saw it in you Mm. like I was like she hasn't drunk that much she's not drunk Mm. she doesn't feel sick because she's drunk too much I just I saw it and I said I instantly took you
0: away. I think I, it was our first time we went out after filming. It
1: was. Yeah, it was yeah. in the
0: ESPY. Yeah, in the ESPY. It was the first yeah. time we went out after filming. No one knew really who we were, but I think obviously things that were going on with Mitchell as well, that was really upsetting for me at the time and just being around all these people. We hadn't been around people in months and I think it was just a lot of the time and it literally just came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere, just over me. I overtook my body for about five to seven minutes.
1: Yeah, I... I immediately like I just I feel like I know the signs now because yeah. I you know it's yeah. something that I struggle with so yeah. I immediately I was like let's get somewhere where there's no people mm. move away from the crowds mm. go somewhere where it's quiet where there's no loud music because you know all these external factors mm. can really make what? the the physical embodiment of your anxiety worse right? yeah so yeah for you that was you know you felt yeah. light-headed you felt sick so mm. we sat down we got some water mm. and we just did some deep breaths and for me I know what works is getting my mind off it so yeah. Number one, acknowledging the way you were yeah, feeling. Yeah, so I was I like, yes. Yeah, we really delved into it. You were yeah. like, babe, I think I'm actually anxious. And yeah. I like once you acknowledged the anxiety, I could see you start yeah. to breathe through it. And you're like, oh, wow, this is a weird feeling. But mm. I was there and we, we talked through it.
0: I do remember a friend who has really bad anxiety of mine. She gets it when she goes to the supermarket down the aisles. And she said to me, if it ever happens again, just know it only lasts seven minutes.
1: Exactly. And then it's I. It's like, it's like yeah. so it's going over a mountain. So it's yeah. up and it's always going to be a peak. This yeah. Is what you tell yourself, mm. there's always going to be a peak, but you're always, it's always going to come mm. down.
0: And so I remember when it was happening I, in my mind, I was like, it's only going to be seven minutes. Just let it pass. Let it pass. It'll happen. It'll
1: pass. Breathe through it. Think of something else. Mm. Um, You know, try and get some fresh air, get away from, I guess, the crowds, do something. You know, for me, look, when I'm anxious or when I'm in a situation that I don't want to be in, the first thing is fight or flight. So I mm. I, I want to either get really, I guess, I, I mean, look, it happened on maths. Mm. When I'm in an anxiety-inducing mm. environment, I either fight or flight. So, you know, we saw that on national TV, but I think a lot of the time and what I've dealt with my entire childhood is to run away from things. Yeah. You know, so it's it's running away, getting yourself out of the situation. But mm. that can be hard when you're in, I guess, a social situation. You yeah, can be in definitely. a group of people. I, look, there were so many times that I had anxiety attacks at that dinner table mm. at, in maths. Mm. But no one would have ever known mm. because I was there and I had my hands under the table and I was, like, shaking or mm. I was, like, rubbing my leg to yeah. take my mind off it. Because that's what I would do. I would, like, tap my yeah. my hand like that yeah. so it would take my mind off it. yeah Many times, babe. The last mm. three weeks of maths I would be mm. having anxiety. A lot of the times you wouldn't be seeing me eat because I couldn't eat. I was physically sick. I couldn't drink. Like, no no way. Like, I just Mm. couldn't, you know?
0: Yeah. And I also think as well, like, you know, if you have really bad anxiety and you haven't spoken to people about it, be open about it. You know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell someone because these sorts of things, you can't really deal with it on your own. You can't. Like when I had my first little moment, you know, I told a couple of girlfriends, they're like, babe, I've had it too. And I was like, oh, okay. And then people were sharing their experiences because I'm pretty sure a lot of us have it. (laughs) I feel like it's like one in two or maybe more. So definitely, you know, don't be afraid to speak about it because it's very brave if you share that you have anxiety.
1: It's so brave. And you know what, once you start talking about it and opening up with your family and friends, you'll notice that so many more people are dealing with mm. this. And also if you need help, go and see your GP. Mm. Go and talk to someone. There is always help available. I know in Australia you get 10 free visits to go yeah. and talk. I got offered that. Yeah, you go and talk to a psychologist yeah. and there is always help available. So mm. you are never alone no matter what you're
0: going through. I just want you to know that. So thanks, Shay. Thanks, Shay. Thanks, Shay. That was a great one. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough one but really interesting. Christina. So your question is, I'm happily married to my wife, so I'm a lesbian and I'm proud, but I came out pretty late. Have you had experience with the same sex partners? Would you be interested or would it be missing for you? I've never had an experience, you know, very intimately with women and I'm not interested. I just, I love and adore women. I think they're amazing and incredible and sexy. And, you know, I probably follow more women on Instagram than men, Mm. but I just, I'm not into women in that way.
1: Yeah, I can look at a woman and think, wow, she's stunning, she's empowered, she's so strong.
0: When I look at a woman, I don't feel a sexual urge so or I don't feel. Like, I mean, it says, oh, what would be missing for you? I mean, I don't know. I guess that masculine figure.
1: Because that is what you're attracted yeah, to. That masculinity, that, that, yeah, that
0: just a man. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty alpha chick and I have quite a big masculine energy dependent on who I'm around. But for me, I just need a very Masculine male, I don't know. Like, I'm just not into women. Yeah, I'm just
1: not into women in that way. Like, I think women are incredible, and we are by far the most powerful and mm. superior sex, in mm. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, look, I in sexually, I just I don't no. think of women like that. I can admire a, a very attractive woman. Yeah. But I've never, I, I honestly, I can mm. say I've oh, no. never wanted, never, never
0: wanted to. Like, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Honestly, like I would just yeah. yeah. Thanks, Christina. It was a good question, but, no, we are both very straight and it's just never been a thing for us. Our
1: last question for today, and also, guys, please still keep sending mm. through your questions because we will definitely do more of these. Mon asks, real thoughts on how dating in 2022 is, in particular, dating apps and COVID?
0: Ugh, it's a good this, question. Uh, this is it's a, a good question.
1: loaded one too. Well,
0: for me, dating in well 2022 for us has only been 6 months in and you know obviously we were in maths for 4 months of that you know technically we were in relationships so yeah really we've only just gotten back into the dating world you know we've only been yeah. on one date really like yeah. so but dating during covid for me I can speak about this I overcame a lot in covid you know I didn't work for 11 months Living in Bayside, I wasn't very close in terms of my radius. Obviously, living in Melbourne, we had the strictest lockdown ever. The 5K radius, curfew, no people. Like, it was intense. But I... Really did quite like COVID. I became a homebody. I worked out every day. I overcame most of my binge eating disorder. I lost a fair bit of weight. I was just reading, journaling. I was actually planning my podcast then. Like I had, wow. yeah, I was and I was dating, but what I actually overcame in COVID for me with dating was sober dating. So I always had this thing. Whenever I would go on a date, I'd have a couple of drinks and I would just probably get very drunk on my dates. I think it was just a fear thing, more confidence when I'm, you know, had a few drinks like we all do. But in lockdown, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get over this. So I started going on walking dates (laughs) with Bayside people. (laughs) And I actually kind of hung out with one guy for maybe like five weeks, but he was a no-go. And then I actually awkwardly saw him when I ended things over text with my friend who copy-pasted. He was the guy. He was the the copy-paste. He was the most recent one that I copy-pasted. And I was like, just say this, babe, and oh then I saw him. God. I was doing my walk in Bayside, and he was freaking running. And, and I was how like, "Was that we walked straight past each other?
1: Didn't even acknowledge each other."
0: I didn't want to, and I, he was on a run, so I don't know. He saw me for sure, but you know. But I did overcome in COVID going on sober dates. It was amazing. I met the last guy with the kid in COVID, and we started, you know, walking dates and yeah. walking dates are so nice. It was cool. It was great. Like you know, you're just in gym gear. You're not getting all dolled up. It's a bit more natural. And you have better judgment. And what I found is I was having much clearer judgment going on sober dates and making better decisions. Yeah, I definitely grew a lot through COVID. It was, for me, it was a really positive. It was a big positive. Obviously, I was very grateful I had JobKeeper, but COVID dating was a positive. It changed. It changed me. And my experiences were all really positive even though they didn't work out.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, COVID was COVID was such a weird experience. And I, th- I guess just in general, dating in the modern world with the apps, it gives so much more, I guess, choice. Mm. And choice can be a hard thing. Mm. Choice can add a little bit more difficulty, I guess, to meeting people because mm. there is just such a larger pool
0: and there's more Is the grass greener? I feel like when – I mean, I I don't do the dating apps. I've been on Hinge once. I went on one date and never did it again. But my view is you meet a guy, they've swiped you, you go on a date, they go home, they keep swiping. So they're saying, can I get better than this? They're not actually even in the moment with you. They're probably thinking about who am I going to swipe or they've got replies while you're at a date from someone else they're chatting to you on Hinge.
1: And, you know, I have so many friends Yeah, and I mean, but also like after one date, it's still –
0: is it okay that they're not. Of course. Doing that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely okay. Even but they're if they are not you had a good
1: date. I mean, yeah. that, that's, rare. I mean, yeah,
0: that is interesting. I think that it's okay, but I also think that they're not actually taking the time. So
1: that's what's wrong with yeah. the apps is because they're not focus the on you. Date, mm. They can still be going home and still swiping. Of course, and but, chatting and meeting someone else. But even though they've just gone and had an amazing date mm. and, you know, had a brilliant time and mm. had this great chat. But then they can go home and then log on to the apps but still be swiping. So it's it's actually the apps really that are yeah. ruining.
0: but, you know, the apps have worked for actually more than 50% of my friends. Like I've got friends having babies with, you know, the men that they've met on Tinder who are the love of their life, Tinder yeah. weddings. Yeah, you know, you- I mean my, my ex yeah. and I met on Tinder and we got married. Yeah. So, I mean, no, it, it does work and I've got friends who have met, like one of my good friends, all of her boyfriends have been from Tinder. And they've all been great and amazing experiences for her. They haven't worked out, but she's always meeting great guys on there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like maybe I should. Wow. Me. But I don't. I, I just, I don't. I use Instagram as a dating app. Like that's how I've met a lot of my guys, DM'd them. And I, I mean, I have. That's I mean, because like, I love that. I have no shame in DMing guys at all. It's so good. But I need to be more like that. Instagram is a dating app too, though, because you it's like literally the same thing. You follow them and then if they follow you back, it's a match. Yeah. Well, that's the way that I see it. And then it's like if you reply to a story, that's you, you know, showing hello, we met.
1: Like hello, like showing, like
0: peacocking. It's you peacocking. I
1: like to an Instagram story. Oh, look at me. Yeah.
0: I I mean, that's, yeah, Instagram's probably been my main thing for dating. That's how I've met a lot of my guys. That's probably as many questions as we can answer today. Yes. But we are going to continue to do this. You know, we do love the questions. They're great conversation starters for even for you to have amongst yourself with your friends and you guys are probably going to agree and disagree with things that we say and that's cool because we can't all agree on everything. But we really do hope that you enjoyed this bonus episode. And we can't wait for the
1: next one. Keep sending through those questions, guys, on the Sit With Us Facebook group. And don't forget to give us a follow on our Instagram at sitwithusthepod. Have an awesome day.
0: Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Sit With Us The Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for free for future episodes. Leaving a review really helps others find the podcast. And come sit with us on Instagram at sitwithusthepod.
1: Sit With Us is part of the ACAST Creator Network we <laughs>